and welcome to the Jazz Violin Podcast, episode 6, and this time we are chatting with Daniel John Martin. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Schertler. If you don't know Schertler, they are a Swiss company that are all about the amplification of string instruments. So they do uh, pickups, preamps, and amplifiers. I've used a Schertler Stat-V for the past seven years, I think, and it is my favorite pickup out of everything that I've ever tried or heard. A lot of the time, I would prefer to be playing acoustic or playing into a microphone, like a DPA or something like that. But there are times when I really do need real amplification. You know, if I'm playing with a drummer or I'm playing in a loud environment, that's when the Stat-V is the best, best option possible. So, um, you know, you can crank it up to full volume without any real feedback issues and without losing the tone as well. You still keep this really nice, soft, smooth tone, um, even at high volumes. Um, used to be that I would turn up to a sound check and have to like deal with about, you know, 10 minutes of, 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 of sort of EQing and and just like you know try to get rid of these horrible tones from some of these uh, some well from the other pickup that I used to use I'm not gonna name which one um, and that doesn't happen anymore now he just sort of EQs it really quickly and then moves on to the next person like the guitarist and then I can sit and watch them have to deal with the problems I used to deal with um, yeah so no more feedback our guest today is Daniel John Martin. He is an English violinist who was brought up in South Africa and now lives in Paris. You can find Daniel playing with pretty much everybody on the Parisian uh, jazz manouche scene. He runs the Au Petit Jour Jam, um, of which there are lots of videos online of uh, Daniel uh, playing with some of the best gypsy jazz and jazz music musicians in the world um, he's recently recorded the new album with Roman um, and he we met up together in St Pancras station for just under an hour um, it was a bit rushed like a lot of my interviews are but um, yeah we had a really nice time chatting and uh, Daniel is a really interesting guy and he's got lots of very interesting things to say about life and music in general. So, here we go. Is that recording? Yeah, it's recording. How old are you? How old am I? Yeah. I am 29. I forgot to die. Yeah. How old are you? I'm done. Way old now. Fifties. Fifties. Looking good for fifty. Fifties. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna start by just asking you how you started playing music. That's how it's <laughs> uh, in South Africa. Okay. So you were born in South Africa? No, born here. Ah. In uh, Congleton. Do you know Congleton? Um, start sign Manchester. I don't know it, but I have heard the name. I've probably like driven past it, maybe. Yeah, it's a little town. Um, 
So I was born down near Manchester, but I preferred going to Liverpool. I like Liverpool. Right. Yeah. You know Mickey, don't you? Yeah, he's a good mate. Yeah. I like the guy. Yeah. And Caldwell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Very but... Very nice guys. Yeah. Good friends of mine. I'm going to have dinner with them tonight. Oh, cool. Um, say hi from me. So you started playing in... Uh, in South Africa. Um, and then came to Paris, the Parisian conservatories, conservatoires. Uh-huh. Started working with DJ. Oh, okay. And um, did a Onstead thing for him. What's that? Organized a, an 11 tet. Right. We toured about a year. Yeah. And then um, I went into hiding for a while. Right. Uh, and then that might, that might. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're the same as me. You like, I like to I fiddle. Yeah. Uh, and um, then when I came out of that period, I went into the metro to study classical music again. Oh, okay. To get my techniques going on. Right. Better. How old were you when you did that? Fifteen years ago. Right. And um, got my a good classical technique and got into the jazz business again. Right. Okay. So that that sounds like that's quite a funny um, way of doing it. Not that I'm saying it's the wrong way, but you know, a lot of the time people do classical studies and then they get into jazz. But you, do you say do you do jazz before you did? Oh no 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 studies? no! But it's just that when you know, I went into a period in life when I stopped uh, uh, everything. Right. So that's the kind of um, stuff that can happen to you at any age. I'm, I was lucky enough for it to happen to me at an early age. Okay. Um, and I had to get things sorted out and then see what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, had to... I, I was a talented guy, a talented right. kid, so I never really worked. Right. Just got on with things without working. When you say I've never really worked, so you never really had to, you never, you didn't practice loads, right? I practiced when I first started. They had to hide the violin for me. Right. And uh, then when they started, um, I mean, they, the grown-ups, started uh, planning other things for me. Uh, I, w I wasn't quite happy with the violin anymore because it wasn't my my game anymore. It was theirs. So. Oh right, yeah. Stop practicing, and they just, you know, people didn't ask more of me, so. Right. Um, and then I met with rock so when I was in high school, got into a rock band. Yeah, playing violin. Then went to an American school, yeah, American school, and well, I played guitar for a while because I thought maybe you'd get more girls with guitars. Yeah, that's not true, man. No, it's not true. I think girls like violins, but. <laughs> well, the, I suppose the nice ones do. Yeah. <laughs> nice people like violins. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm too much in love with the violin. I'm in love with the violin as an instrument. Yeah. As it's, uh, I'm in love with its history, its uh, manufacture. Yeah. Uh, everything. Uh, uh, 
can turn the violin in for some. Yeah. I collect violins, I've got about 10 violins. Mm-hmm. And I sell some and I buy, you know. Ah, dear. And, uh, Maybe you'll sell me one. I'm looking for one. Oh, yeah. I like Paganini, I practice Paganini a lot. Yeah. I love the, the story of the guy, about yeah. the guy, and... Um, well, of course, I, I met with uh, Stefan and Stefan Bucalli. Yeah. Every time he came to London, he would send me a card in Paris. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was a nice... Where did you Where did you meet him? Through um, I contacted him through uh, you know he, he liked meeting up with the young young jazz violinists. Uh, yeah. But, and he thought you know they would think of me. Uh, him and Joseph would think of me when they came to London. They got me into the Huso music here. They said, right. Oh, we put you in the who? Yeah. Uh, they were nice people. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of stories about the guy, but when it comes to the bottom line, they're very nice people. Right. What do you mean by that? People were saying he's he stingy and stuff, but um, yeah. Chairs actually. They say Didier was stingy too. Right. Jay was always very. When I went, to, uh, when I first met him, he would, we would work together. He wouldn't get me to pay anything. As in, what, what, you, when you were getting lessons with him? Yeah. First, I met him to work with him. Yeah. And then um, created a, a festival together right. in Paris. Okay. And from then on, his production. Just to create an 11 track, which we did. We mm-hmm. recorded that into it. Yeah. Um, there was a very a sort of scholar feeling to that. And I right. was a scholar person, I wasn't very happy with touring with the band. It's like becoming a kid again, you know, when. Then you've got the to. The world do. isn't a very nice world when you're a kid, is it? No. It's a bit well, I guess there's some, like two sides of it. Well, for me, I know what you mean. When you're a kid, everything's a bit, everything's a bit like serious, and you got to do what everyone says all the time. Well, yeah, and there's sort of a, a, a competition between people. Right. Yeah. What's my thing? I'm not. A, I, I'm not a. First of all, I'm not a touring person. I don't like touring. Okay. I'm up in a hotel room at night. And my thing. Yeah. And, um, and I don't like uh, oh, two sex. Let's just let them let this woman talk. There's not many of these over tannoys oh, here. I think it, it should sound nice. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks very much, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. So. You're not a touring person, you don't like being... Yeah, and I don't like uh, being part of a group. Okay. okay. So you like uh, you don't like being in like a constant thing? I don't like being somewhere, for example. I don't go to oh, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I've got too many musicians, too many people trying to show how, how 
badly they play. <laughs> I know what you mean. Samwak can be a bit of a sort of like show-offy place or a place to people go there thinking that they're gonna they're gonna um, I'll show them. Uh. <laughs> it's like who are you gonna show, mate? You just let's just let's just calm down and have a play. <laughs> so um, then I do like I do like musicians. Yeah. Like, uh, we don't make we don't make a fortune out of our business, but um, we do meet a lot of very nice people. Yeah. Apart from the art uh, pain in the ass. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. A man yeah. who I was playing with Roman last night. He's one of the nicest persons I've worked with. Right. Then again, people. A lot of people say things about him. That's, right. He's such a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think as soon as anybody's like in any sort of public eye, especially like li little world of jazz manouche or whatever you want to call it, it's just jazz. Yeah. jazz. Um, Acoustic jazz. Yeah. People, you know, as soon as people are in the public eye, everyone has like an opinion on them, like. Most and violin, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. As as a general rule, you seem to be okay, though. <laughs> you reckon? Well, I'm re I reckon I'm okay, but I'm trying to think if I agree with you. Violin is a pain in the ass. I'm actually doing all these. Well, we, we in conservatoires, we were brought up, brought up to be, become um, killers, weren't we? Killers. Mm. In what 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 do you mean? Well, when you have to stand up and play, yeah, yeah, you got play alone on the stage. Yeah, it's a mindset, isn't it? Yeah, I played once in a Théâtre des Champs Élysées with DJ. Yeah, and there was this guy playing just after us called um, Alexander Markov. Right, know? he played the twenty-four Capriccios. Right. I shouldn't say this. He was, the guy was taking substances to be able to right. work like that. <laughs> I mean, you have to be very, very strong to do that kind of stuff. It's all right to do it at home, but to be playing it on stage, uh, you got to be. And yeah, you, you know how he plays it. You know, he plays all the original bones and right, you know. right. Uh, yeah. I know what you mean. I guess you've also got to have a certain confidence if you're going to, especially if you're trained to be like a soloist, you know. Well, it's a mindset you get in, in, in the business. I mean, when we go on stage as jazzmen, we know we know what we sort of, I don't want to say we know our business, but we're set in, in a way that we're, um, it's not a routine. Yeah. Our business is to break the routine. Yeah. We're uh, comfortable with it, yeah. Yeah. I suppose they've got their comforts. Yeah. But I admire that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I guess as well with jazz, you're sort of, you get on stage and you're all sort of in it together, aren't you? And I guess class, like a classical mindset a lot of the time if you're a soloist. I, well, I that's a part of that phrase I didn't catch. We're in it together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not all the time. I mean, um, 
sometimes you have to play with people that you don't appreciate. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a thing I've never done. You know. Right. I've always considered that you have there has to be sort of friendship or love or whatever. Yeah. To share music. But friends have taught me to um, go beyond that and uh, play with people that you don't really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Some musicians can be uh, uh, enjoy torturing their uh, fellow musicians. In what way? One or two that I know of that I won't name. Yeah. When they go on stage, they go pick on, on one of the bands. So the, all the, the whole band is there. I hope he doesn't pick on me. He doesn't pick on me. <laughs> and the guy has a, an awful evening. What, what do you mean by pick on? You well, mean like everything? Something goes wrong. It would be his fault. Or, yeah. Right. It's the same stuff that happens in, in, in the world of whatever business you're in. Yeah, I know what you mean. There are bullies everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and some that you might not suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose that's what I don't like about childhood is the bullying part. Sure, I know what you mean. Um. Bullying from other children. But I didn't. I uh, correct that. But I didn't like about childhood. Didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Although I must admit, I suppose, we're all children until we die. Yeah. Trying to get rid of ideas we had when we were 16, 17. Yeah. Did you did you did you start uh, violin young? Was it? Were you a child when you started? When I was seven. Started, seven. Um, because we were visiting. Um, a local conservatory in, in, in Johannesburg. Uh-huh. And I was there with the friends of mine. They would, their parents took us there for them to choose an instrument. So I said, hey, look at that guy. He's, you know, I saw a guy playing the violin. I said, I would take that, take that. So the guy said, okay, I'll take up the violin. And came back to school one day with his violin and said, said to the class, I'm going to show you what the violin is and make you hear some sounds etc. So he pulled out the fiddle and started, you know, going away and I said, well, that's not what I heard. That isn't what, you know. So then I asked my parents to get me a violin. Had the guy played beautifully well, um, I wouldn't have been interested, I suppose. It's just that I, he didn't play what I was expecting to hear. And I think that's drives people to do music is that you've got something you want to hear. I know what you mean, yeah, totally. I totally agree with you. If, if, if somebody's already doing what you want to hear, there's no, no, no point in doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you find, I, I, do you find that that's something that's, that stayed with you then? Do you constantly try to find yeah, that I thing? Suppose, uh, you know, I suppose so. I suppose so. Although we do, we do have um, people we admire. Yeah. And you must try and not do the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's uh, bothering me about all this. Um, you know, all these schools and um, yeah, and these uh, camps where people, you know, learn to play. 
people show them licks and they copy the licks and stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm not in for that. No. Do you do you ever like uh, like take down somebody else's solo? Actually, uh, no. There's a guy, you know. Of course, my, my, one of my heroes is John Coltrane. Yeah. So I did, I did uh, work on his uh, Giant Steps solo. And, yeah. And uh, the thing is, trying to understand how it works. So when you when you pick up his solo, you realise that he's only playing the notes, basic notes of the chords and yeah. the basic modes. So. Complicated about it, you yeah. just have to get into it. When you get to Brecker, it's more complicated. Over giant steps, you talk Over about. giant steps, yeah. yeah. You realize that he's more into, he's, he's maybe he's a bit freer, and, uh, more free, freer. Yeah. He's got more liberty. Yeah. Um, he tries things, he tries things in his, um, in his way of working on cells and transposing sounds, you yeah. know. Uh, so sometimes he just goes out in different manners, but then you can sense he's experimenting. Uh, but he's got his system, so he knows what works. Yeah. And it's, uh, I like it. It's, I think he's, the post-Coltranian for me is, is Michael Brecken. Yeah. I really like his band. Yeah. Yeah. I've never actually taken down anything that he's done, but I used to, actually, Michael Brecken was the, I think it was one of my like intros into jazz. It was the, a lot of people. It was like you know the Brecker steps Brothers. Steps ahead and yeah. My oh. first band, we took up a lot of the Steps Ahead stuff. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Great musicians. Well, it's more interesting to take up to listen to guys who don't play your instrument. Yeah. And there aren't many records of violinists that I really like. Yeah. There is one. When I heard it, it really, I started. I nearly started trying because it's so good. It's not the way I, I want the violin to be played because I like I like the violin, so I like I like vibrato and I yeah. like you know the sound. Yeah. But um, try to guess what you're going to say. It's got this guy wrote his uh, solos, and he was a very good classical player. Position, but he um, he was the first one to start playing, you know, without any vibrato at all, even before Ponti uh, did that. All right. Um, I don't know who you're talking about then. <laughs> Let me just get his name again. Is he is he American? Ah. Uh, Harry Lok Harry Lukowski. Okay. You know Harry Lukowski. Nope. I think no, I don't For think it is. For me, that is the. I'm trying to think if I do, if but you, I don't think it is. If you obliterate the fact that he wrote his solos, all got phrases uh, written for him by great jazz musicians. Right. He worked with all the jazz musicians. He was he was in the uh, Los Angeles Symphony uh, under um, what's his name, the, Itali the great Italian conductor. Okay. And so he wouldn't drop drop that position uh, to become a. Jazz, the jazz violinist. Okay. So he continued doing working in this orchestra. But he did jazz sessions, and he he did all the, the string sessions for the jazz musicians. So he got to know all of them. Right. They would write him down. Oh look, over this you can you can play this. Right. And, uh, yeah, food scene. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah, that looks good. 
pictures. Um, Did you let me know it's up? No, I'm alright, thank you. Should we, should we pause this while, no, you, no, no. Uh, while you eat? Oh, this is a dip-in thing, is it? Looks like it looks good, to be honest. Mm. Jealous now. <laughs> well, you I'm can't have to. any. Well, I don't, I don't want to steal any. fucking by this. <laughs> like, like Rapelli. No, and, I don't um, want I don't want to steal your food. No, but that's not a nice thing to say about him. He, oh, no. what I was saying. I know you were saying say he that. wasn't. I was, um, I was joking. I don't, I don't know anything about it. It's like Paganini. They said he was stingy and he was, because he asked for so much money. Yeah, well, that's not, that's not how it is, is it? That's he earned more than Michael Jackson in gold weight. <laughs> Nobody's earned as much as he earned. Yeah. And I suppose he thought he deserved to be paid that much. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. So Harry Lukowski did this record called um, Stringsville. Okay. Actually, he was the first one, and that was the first record ever recorded to use a multi-band multi -band recording machine. All right. So he does re-recording on it. Mm. It's in 1958. Jesus. And, but, as he said in an interview, he, he, could, he had only had one shot. Because yeah. there was a lot of, um, you know, one one uh, track going on to the other, which brought that in, uh, in, in English. One track going on to the other? Yeah, pissing on to the other. To the other. Is it bleed? Is it? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Bleed would work. Oh, yeah, so. so he could do it once. Once, yeah, he couldn't overdub, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, because once he's recorded onto it once, then it's going to bleed onto the other, yeah. the other. Because it, okay, right, yeah, yeah. But that's um, listen to that string song. Okay. He wrote all of his solos, so he didn't get the record, didn't get um, the attention it was um, calling for. Right. I'll check that out. Yeah. That's, that's my cool. favourite um, jazz fighting Right. Got nothing to do with the way I've done. Yeah. Well, because he's very, he's very, he's quite, he's, he's quite very, dry um, in his approach to yeah. the, to like techniques. I see. Okay. Yeah. But it's beautiful. Yeah. You can see how Ponty was very much, very much inspired by my Okay. Okay. I'll check that out. So, I'm going to do a masterclass, two masterclasses um, this time. Yeah. And so I don't give um, people um, clicks. Yeah. I try to get them to hear what they are able to hear. Mm -hmm. And so I've got a step, step to step process. Zero to one. Uh -huh. Okay. Is that um, heavy, heavy emphasis on um, like sort of theory? No. No. Of course, we use um, 
theory, but yeah. just some basic notions. Mm -hmm. um, notes on um, well, it's um, I suppose it's learning to learning how to listen to a jazz uh, band, what to listen to. Because mm -hmm. many uh, violinists, when they start out, tend to listen to the pianist or the guitarist. And, and um, work on from there, which is a total mistake. You just listen to the, ba the bass player. Yeah. Because he's got everything, the rhythm and the harmony. Yeah. Time. Mm -hmm. So, um, actually learning how to become a bass player, mm -hmm. to be able to improvise. Yeah. That's interesting. And that's a short way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. Well, yeah, sounds, that's, that's, that does make sense. Because uh, some of the pupils I had when I started teaching were coming to say, what happens in your head when you start playing? Mm -hmm. Do you hear it before you play it, or you hear it as you play it, or where does it come from? Mm -hmm. So when you, someone asks you that sort of question, you have to think about it. Well, yeah. Haven't you? Yeah. So when you've got people who haven't got, and we've got no idea of what it is, you come to ask for lessons, you have to be able to work on that. And that was actually quite a chance, because I got to work, I developed a method. Yeah, okay. Then I should put, you know, that I should work more often for myself, actually. Yeah. Mm. That can happen, can't it? Because if you, when you start to explain what you do, you know, it, it makes you look at it differently, doesn't yeah. it? Because so much of it is just in your head and never, never say it to anybody. Well, you have to learn how to express the same idea in different way, in different ways for everyone to be able to understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, when was it that you first started trying to play jazz? Um, well, from rock I went on to jazz. Right. And um, I went to a, a school that was uh, sort of an offspring of uh, the um, uh, Berkeley School of Music in Paris. Ah. So. What is that? What is it? Never didn't know. It's called American School of Modern Music. Ah, okay. Isn't a very good school now. No, it's gone down. But at right. first, it was a very good school. Okay. And um, yeah. I learned all my theory in uh, writing music and stuff uh -huh. from them. Met people. We had our first band. We didn't know how to play, but we knew how to get gigs. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, one of the skills that people need. Okay. Okay, you do quite a lot of organising, don't you? As in, you, like gig organising. No. Oh, that's the impression I had from you. People often think I'm... A, people often think I, I even own the place now, which is well. I'm just... Uh, pro I gig there every week, that's all. Okay. And I guess... You, you, I guess you book people for that. Yeah, I just have my, you know, right. all my friends coming back. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So I've got a lot of friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um. So you yeah you don't you don't find yourself having to organise things very often then. Oh. That sort of, like. I organised this um, thing for DJ and the festival of um, French fe uh, jazz violin festival. Uh -huh. That was when I was a kid. And from then on we organised the Onstets. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a, no I wouldn't say I'm an organiser. Right. I do, I do things when I, they seem, you know, a reasonable thing to do, I'll do it. Yeah. But I do need people to be alongside me, you know. I'll yeah. Do it and, you know, have to. I've got good ideas. Mm -hmm. um, like everyone, you know, yeah, got sure. ideas and the thing is to do them afterwards. Yeah. That's true. That is that. That is the, everyone. You know, everyone has ideas, but it's the doing them. So if you meet the right people, yeah, can help you out with that. Good. Yeah, it's true though. I think you need you need. I always do. I need people. You, you can't do it on your own. You can't do this stuff on your own. I, at one point, I wanted to start a. Because you know, I had um, uh, this friend um, died after uh, a, a brain stroke. Okay. Patrick Sussois. Oh, right, okay, yeah. But we recorded here in, in London at the Sylvia's place. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? And um, just after that, he had his brain stroke and I organised a thing to... Are you enjoying your food? Yeah, it's all right, thank you. Can I have more bread, please? Um, so I called his wife, asked her if she needed money. It's all right. It's a nice song. That's a train. I thought it was someone so, playing a trumpet. It's a choo choo. <laughs> I thought it was a trumpet. And um, and she said, no, no. Uh, what you can do is organise something for, for to, get, to get me help. And so I organised this thing. We got her about six thousand euros. And that made, uh, got me to think of uh, organising something for the whole jazz community to instead of giving, getting a, a jazz have you got this thing in, in England the jazz day jazz day oh yeah international jazz day yeah stupid idea um, uh, I, I would um, someone should pick up the idea and do it here in England maybe I'll I, do it you just got to tell me what it is I was uh, I, I started organising a day in the year where all the jazz musicians would give their gig to our organization and the money would be kept or invested for the benefit of the jazz community. Right. And that would be once a year and uh, okay. that organization would be there to help jazz, people, jazz musicians when one had an accident or, yeah. you know, because we're, we're a very interesting community, artistically speaking, but we, you know, we do have sad stories that happen from time to time, so you have to be yeah. able to react, and I thought that would be a good way of reacting, so I got people, we started working on the idea, 
and then I realised that I would have it would take me so much time then I you know I, I, I wouldn't be able to um, do my job anymore so yeah. I didn't do it might, I might do it one day yeah it's just what you know imagine all the musicians one, one day for you, you give your the money you earn instead of to the government tax give it to your yeah. your community and they can uh, pay for hospital fees or whatever it makes sense yeah. it's a really good idea so should do it in England yeah. so you had the idea of doing it in, in Paris or yeah. in France because it can even make benefit at one point yeah you can buy I mean you can buy apartments for people who are coming on tour you can yeah Imagine, imagine doing a lot of things. Yeah. That's a great idea. It's a little bit, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things in you, there's like Help Musicians UK, but I mean, that's not run by musicians, that's not any gigs, that's just, I don't know, I think that's just a charity, probably has some funding, probably has like a couple of benefactors, well, etc. I haven't got, I haven't gotten to meet you, all these um, actors on the British scene. Thank you, sir. I'm still looking for a, uh, a manager here. Yeah. Because um, Roman and I would like to tour more often here. Yeah. Um, play with um, local rhythmics. Yeah. Play our, our uh, you know, our, comp our compositions with yeah. local guys. Um, it's just that, you know, I'm not very good at finding that sort of stuff. Find like as in finding like, getting to meet people like uh, like um, um, tour, touring managers and stuff. Like yeah, that. I don't know about that. To be honest, man, I don't. I'm not. Yeah, but people aren't very good. Some people are actually. No, I mean you know some people are. I always um, they're usually the people who uh, who get a hard time from other jazz musicians. Jazz musicians don't like people who are good at that because they're not. Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? Oh, jazz musicians don't like jazz musicians who get who are, who are better touring agents than yeah. they are musicians. Yeah. 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 They spend so much time. They play like doing that. They play. They play like shit. Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah, always, yeah. We've got a, we've got a few of those in Paris. Yeah. Put these ducks up and duck eggs. These are duck eggs. Mm. I like duck eggs. I had a duck in Paris. You had a duck? Yeah, I was invited to play for my gypsy friends in a camp. Yeah. For Easter. Right. And they were giving out ducks and ducklings and, um, right. and little chicks to their kids. Really? What, so they, they give you They were all dying because the gypsy kids weren't washing their hands. And <laughs> oh, Dad, look, my, my chick is dead. Look, it's dying. <laughs> so there was one duckling left and I said to the kid, look, how much do you want for that duck? And, and you know, they, they get into business very at a very early age <laughs> right. with the gypsies. So he sold me his duck and I took it back. I thought it was going to die overnight. But I wanted to keep for it to die in, in a warm atmosphere. Yeah. That duckling became a beautiful duck and it lived in my apartment for three three months. <laughs> three times, uh, a bath three times a day. Right. It became a beautiful animal. It would follow us all around the apartment. Yeah. It would share the bowl of water with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> At night it would Excellent. get out of its cage and, 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 and come into our bed. Yeah. 
restrain itself from shitting all over the place. Really? Yeah. Except when we disappeared. If we disappeared from a room, splotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Animals. Wonderful. Yeah. I never thought to have a duck in a, in my flat. I don't know if it were. I got carpets, man. I got carpets. I don't think it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. Ducks are great animals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you've uh, spent a lot of time with them. Um, oh, let this woman be quiet. Yeah. What time is it? It's all right. It's all right. Oh yeah. Um. Well, let's just let this lady be quiet. There's not too much of this stuff. There's only been maybe one every. Yeah. Half hour or something. She's got a nice voice. Oh, I can't really hear what she's saying. Um, you spent a lot of time with the, the gypsies around Paris then? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They come to my um, gig every Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I bought a few instruments off them too. Yeah. I was wondering if. There's some, it's like everyone, you know, from some very nice people, some less nice. Sure, yeah. Well, you yeah. have to choose the nice it's ones. It's the same with everybody, isn't it? Absolutely. There's, is there quite a big gypsy community in, um, in Paris then? Well, on the outskirts. On the outskirts. They can't camp inside. So uh -huh. uh, but yeah, uh -huh. all around. And is there... Uh, is, do, do you find, well, do you know if uh, gypsies have a hard time in France with French people? Yes, and they, um, I suppose it's what you have to pay for your liberty. You know? uh -huh. um, have to pay, you know, fines, right. parking fines. Right. Fines for breaking into um, certain grants they aren't supposed to be sitting right. on. You know, that's part of the, the being free, isn't it? Right. It's important that some, somebody was doing that work, you know. It's yeah. like, because if nobody was doing that, we would really be, you know, uh, in a fixed society with nothing moving. Mm -hmm. At least the people. You know, people that break laws every day. No, I'm not talking about breaking the law or murder. I'm you know, yeah. trying to extend the boundaries of freedom yeah. every day. That's very interesting. And yeah. You need to have that. Yeah. When you when you look at at a, an anthill, you see all these ants working together, mm -hmm. and then you see um, these jazz musicians. They're, they're the um, the, the, the ants that look a bit uh, bonkers, they, we don't know what they're doing, they're on the side, they don't yeah. work, they, they, yeah. they just fuck around. Yeah. Yeah. And then when somebody uh, destructs the anthill, mm -hmm. the ones that find the solutions for a new society are the ones on the outskirts, on the outskirts <laughs> that were fucking around, you know, yeah. Dream, the, 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 the daydreamers. Right. They, yeah, they, and that's scientific. Is that true? Yeah. Right. I'm going to take your word for it. Well, actually, maybe I'll check it out. But yeah, so there's a book cool. written on ants called uh, Les Fourmis. 
right. the ants, right. by a, a French guy called Verbe. Right. And he does these um, uh, novels where he mixes, you know, sort of a the, uh, thesis type of work with a novel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you learn stacks of things on, wow. on ants in this book. Okay. That sounds really interesting. This place is slowly filling up with uh, businessmen on meetings. But uh, we might be getting louder in the background. I don't think people aren't talking too loud. They try to keep their business to themselves in case we steal it. Um, what have you been working on recently then? Like projects that um, well, I was obviously on this record. I wrote all the music. Uh, Talk about the record with Roman. With Roman, I wrote the music thinking of thinking of him and uh, our specific idiom when it comes to uh, what they call Manouche music. Ah. We say what so, they call. Well, what other people call Manouche music. And I, what I, you I, would call. Even I call it. Um, even I call it uh, Manouche music when I'm someone else. <laughs> when you're someone else? Yeah. What do you mean? No, it's jazz, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, say there's any difference between the style that... Not today, no. no. I suppose, you know, not today. Yeah. Kids today have got everything. <laughs> so, you know... Um, you pick a bit of everything, don't you? Yeah, my my granddad's um, a jazz clarinetist, and he every time I, I see him, he says he, he quotes Louis Armstrong every time. It's like I can't remember what's the quote. It's about folk music. It's all music. Someone asked him if he likes folk music, and he says all music's folk music. It's just music made by folk. My granddad says that every time I see him. But I, you know, I agree with him. Well, yeah, when you look, look, look into the great classical music, yeah, it's all the greatest works are based on the on folk music. Yeah, I've probably quoted that wrong to be honest, but it's something like that. I think. You call it what? I think no. I said I think I've quoted him. That's probably a probably haven't said it verbatim there, but yeah. it's something like that. Um, yeah. Beethoven said the greatest musician is, is, the, is the one who can be the greatest on the dominant chord. Is that what he said? <laughs> it's a bit of a jazz, a bit of a jazz concept, that, to be honest. That's, that's what yeah, we sort well, of spend most of our time doing, isn't it? That's, that's interesting. Because that is, like, pretty much... The thing that, that gets that gets jazz musicians excited, isn't it? It's, it's just pissing about with the dominant chord and well, what you can do to that. Most free to do what you want. Yeah. To yeah. explore. Yeah. Well, we're pretty much boundaries are exposed. Yeah. We're pretty much boxed in now with uh, with, with people. There is no one here. Really. But it's not still not too loud. I don't think the background noise is. Uh... Well, English people are very loud. If, if we were in France, yeah. we couldn't hear ourselves. 
I don't know, man. If you should, if you go out on a on a Friday night, Friday Saturday night, you're about to go to Liverpool, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't know what I don't know if you, that that works. I love the Liverpool. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's a great accent, isn't it? On these videos, on yeah, on, the, on these videos I put online, some, some sometimes people say, you know, how can people be shouting like that? They've got Robin Ford, the best blues guitar player in the world, playing. Yeah. Why the fuck are they talking like that? Because they want it. Yeah. Maybe that's what's interesting is no one's paying the notice. Yeah. That's when the interesting things happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, you definitely play differently when, when no one gives a oh, shit. Oh, you play better when people are listening. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's just a way of saying... I... You know, I don't care if people are not paying a certain form of respect to the music it definitely doesn't, doesn't bother me yeah if I can continue playing it so. yeah it's harder I must I must say it's harder when people are not not listening and you're working your ass off to get them to listen to you yeah can be more tiring but if that's the vibe in the place you're playing I don't I, I don't think that works to get angry about it you know to turn up somewhere and get angry that everyone's it's like when people move next door to a music venue and complain about the noise it's like well just don't uh, move next they've been doing that a lot in Paris yeah well it's, it's pretty standard practice here everywhere is closing down for, for things like that um, but um, but no I mean I'm, on that side I find you know, musicians complain a lot and it is annoying like you said playing and everyone's talking over you. It's actually worse if you're in a, a gig that everyone's listening apart from one little group. Oh, that's yeah, the worst. That's that's the worst thing. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah don't know. So there you go. Yeah. You gotta go. Yeah just time Hmm? Just to just to have time have to, to work, yeah, to get Yeah, yeah, uh, I get you. Um, is there anything else that we could uh, maybe ask you before we, we... No, I mean, I've asked you what you're doing at the moment as well. You've, you're you're oh, yeah, thinking at the moment. Uh, you know, I do like string quartets, so I'd like to write more of those. Yeah. I haven't written one for a long time. Yeah. And I've got this thing with um, Robin Ford. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. That would be really cool, but I have to get the money. Ah, money. For things to happen. No, it's not, Robin isn't the one asking, you know. Yeah, yeah, you sure. Have have you have to. So, um, there you go. So, I've got a few things, um, a few things on my mind. Yeah. And then we want to go to the States with uh, Roman. Uh-huh. We'll do a certain tour. We want to go on the... Uh, UFO highway and stuff like that, you know, we're into UFOs. Oh really? You're into UFOs? Yeah. <laughs> As in, you, uh... You're right, man. You, um... You like looking up at the skies? Um, yeah, well, you know, you can sense that things are happening more and more. 
more and more often. Okay. And if you're interested in get yourself interested in that, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. How would how would one go about getting get yourself you interested? See in how many intelligent people have been telling these stories and how brilliant they are and how you know trained they were not to let themselves go to hysteria because they had to go up on the moon and stuff like that. And they've been seeing things and they say certain things and they don't say them anymore from one point but we still got trace of them saying things. And because um, the, the other side is there's quite a lot of like super crazy people who think that... Yeah, but they, yeah, but that's the... That's the part of the, uh, the thing that um, decredibilizes the uh, the whole thing. Okay. Crazy people. Um, crazy people ruin stuff for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we have to have crazy people. I mean, it's yeah. like the ants. Hey? Yeah. 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 Uh, but you know, I mean, these highly trained pilots. I mean, yeah. you know, you have to be a good mathematician. You have to be a very self-controlled person to mm-hmm. be they've been chasing stuff and they, could, they, they tell you, mm-hmm. you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people if you look into it since the Foo Fighters when they, they were flying um, when the uh, Allies um, invaded Europe mm-hmm. re- inv- I mean regained Europe yeah they called them the Foo Fighters uh, uh-huh. you know that no, no. Well, when the Allies were flying over the, the, the channel to bombard um, okay. uh, Germany, they were seeing these uh, discs and they were calling them the Foo Fighters. Right. That's the first name of the UFO. Right, okay. Let's see. We've also got uh, old paintings with UFOs on them, you know? The painting of the Madonna and the child, mm-hmm. and you've got a UFO in the sky with a, a pastor looking at, <laughs> uh, looking up at the sky. Which painting do these? Oh, one of lip, lip pieces like that. Right. Okay. I think it's even got a beam coming down on ground. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'm never, I've never been one to discount anything. It's not something I've looked into, you know, but. Not something oh, that I, find it I, fascinating. I haven't been drawn to that side of things myself, though. Um, I do find I probably do err on the sky on the side of skepticism myself. Well, we're going to towards a form of uh, acceptance of the quantum, quantum theory. Mm-hmm. Quantic. And if we accept that, we come to the conclusion that there, in the multiverse, there are so many universes. Yeah. That there's another universe somewhere, and that's yeah. scientific. That's, this isn't. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, yeah. Um, what do you call it? Um, statistics. Yeah. There's another universe where Matt and Daniel are sitting at the table yeah. and discussing and saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. Because there are so many universes. Yeah. And lose your head on the side. Yeah. I have to go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it. Thanks for your. Thanks for that, man. Thanks for your. Thanks a lot. Thanks for talking with me. Thank you for listening to the Jazz Violin Podcast. 
I am Matt Holborn and I've been chatting to Daniel John Martin. Um, thank you to Shirtler for sponsoring me. Um, have any more thank yous? No. But uh, please subscribe um, to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we are pretty much everywhere now. Um, you yeah, share us with your friends. Um, share us with your enemies. Share us. Just share us, really. Um, we want. I want to try and uh, reach as many people as possible. Uh, you can send me an email if you're enjoying listening. You can send any emails about the podcast to mattholborn88 at gmail.com. Um, yeah, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs>